0: get fit guy to learn more welcome to the get fit guys quick and dirty tips to get moving and shape up my name is brock armstrong and i am the get fit guy you know the mind plays a large role in fitness exercise and sports almost as large as our cardiovascular system our strength our speed and our power Well, today I'm going to interview a neuroscientist named Dr. Bob Schaefer, and he's going to tell us about ways that we can use habits and mindfulness to improve our training. Plus, he's going to get into which is more important, practicing for 10,000 hours or just simply being born with the right genetics. I have been trying out various brain training regimens for, well, years now. But lately, I've really been digging into a series of games that you play on your computer or your mobile device for just a few minutes a day, every day, to boost your cognitive function, or so it promises. A lab called Lumos Labs conducted a randomized study of the Lumosity Brain Training System, which is what I've been using. And after 10 weeks of training, the users improved their working memory, their short-term memory, their processing speed, and their overall cognitive function, which is pretty cool. Now, personally, aside from it being really fun to feel like I'm, I don't know, taking a multivitamin for my brain by playing some video games every day, Lumosity and the other brain training systems available have been showing some promising advantages in the field of exercise and sport. In a recent paper that was published in the Frontiers of Psychology, scientists investigated the role of cognitive and neuroscience in understanding, predicting, and potentially improving elite sport performance. Although that particular paper actually stated... And I quote, we caution around investing too heavily in such methods at this point in time. Well, I feel like it's a no-lose situation. Even if it doesn't help me bust out a faster time in my next triathlon, I'm still doing something better for my brain than staring at reruns of the television show The Simpsons. And that is where Dr. Bob Schaefer comes in. Dr. Bob Schaefer is head of research at Lumos Labs and one of the brilliant finds behind Lumosity, the brain training program that I have been using. And you can kind of think of it like a gym for your mind. Now, I sent Bob a list of questions I wanted him to answer, and he sent me back his replies. I'm going to play them for you now. But first, I'm going to let Bob tell you a little more about himself. I'm Dr. Bob Schaefer, and I'm the head of research at Lumosity.
1: Lumosity is a brain training program that's designed a lot like a gym for the mind. So we have all these short games that target different mental abilities, things like memory, attention, problem solving, and recently we've expanded it to math and language and mindfulness training. And Lumosity is centered around this core concept that people can grow, your mind can grow. It's inspired by the science of neuroplasticity, the idea that your brain is capable of change and the way that you use your brain actually changes its structure and its function. So through this and through guided practice, just like this gym for your mind, you can train and grow in all these different ways.
0: Now in Bob's spare time, he loves to chase his own potential by running marathons, raising a menagerie of tropical frogs and being a new father. And this I thought made him the perfect fit to be a guest on this podcast. So I was thrilled to be able to pick his brain all about brains. And I started it off by asking him this simple question about habits. You know, for some people, the biggest challenge in keeping fit is actually building a strong habit behind it. So how do you think people should go about forming some good habits?
1: If you're struggling with forming a good, healthy habit, there are a couple things you can do. So first of all, I recommend that you find your triggers. So habit is all about building these automatic responses to to cues or to triggers around you. And the key here is making sure that those triggers are clear and powerful. I really like this model of behavior change from BJ Fogg, a researcher at Stanford. So he describes this model as BMAT or behavior is a function of three things. M is motivation. A is ability, and T is triggers, and you need to have motivation to do what you want to actually be doing, so to to make that behavior change. You need to have ability, so you need to actually be able to make that change right at that moment. And you need to have a trigger, that's something that reminds you to actually take that action. And the key thing is you need to have motivation, ability, and triggers all converging right at the same moment. And so if you find your triggers, you find things that are really powerful and salient, they reach out to you, make sure that they're also coming when you have that ability to act. So if I wanna be reminding myself to work out, it might not be as effective if I'm trying to remind myself to work out and it's right in the middle of my work day and I, I actually can't get away. I don't have the ability right at that moment. So design your triggers so that they reach you when you have that motivation and ability.
0: Nice. I really like that one. Tying in a new habit to things that you already do habitually. So what else can we do to build some good habits?
1: The key thing is get your reps in. So just like just like you would with your physical exercise, you've got to do this when you're building your habit. So at the beginning, you need to you need to actually convince yourself every time you want to do something. So you need to tell yourself, okay, I'm gonna work out because it's good for me, because I'll feel better afterwards. And when you think about what's going on in your brain, so when the habit is formed, you're actually building a new association between a trigger, so that trigger in your environment, and the action you want to take or, or the impulse to take that action. And this even involves a shift in the brain circuits. So it starts with brain circuits that are all about connecting actions and outcomes. So that's, that, that's when you need to actually convince yourself that it's valuable to do something. And then after you've built the habit, you've shifted to circuits that are about stimulus and response. That's when it's actually automatic. And the key thing to keep in mind is that that shift doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen just by thinking about it or convincing yourself. You need to get the reps in. You need to repeat.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. There there just is no magic pill that you can just take. You need to practice and get your reps in. Now, I was at the gym this morning and I've done a bunch of races, triathlons and stuff over the last few years. And, you know, I've noticed a lot of distracted people at the gym and on the trails and even during those races and events, you know, staring at their phones, I don't know, checking their Instagram, even taking calls during their workouts. So what are some strategies that we can use to stay more focused during our workouts and, and our races? So I see a lot of distracted people
1: when I'm out running. I'd say I'm, a, I'm an amateur running runner, just a, a, you know, it's a hobby of mine. I'm kind of a, on the more competitive side of the hobby. So I've run a handful of marathons, I've gotten my times, you know, close to milestones that are really meaningful to me. And I've got a story about my own distracted running. So I was out for a long run, I was training for a marathon, and I was just fuming. I was, I was ruminating on something absolutely ridiculous, fantasy football. So it was following a weekend when my fantasy football team had done poorly and I was mad at the other people in my league. And, God, I was just thinking about this over and over again as I ran. And before I knew it, I was done with my, I was done with my long run. I had already made it through, and I was distracted the whole time. And so part of me said, hey, that was a great way to get my sometimes painful long run under my belt. But the, the downside was I had really lost a lot of the joy that I had in running in the first place, the whole reason I was out there running. And so for me, the reason why I run is that it gives me that moment to be with myself, to be you know on my own and actually take in the world around me. And I had totally lost that by running distracted. Also at that time, I was starting to get into mindfulness practice a little bit. I was, I was exploring it and I had found this intro course online. And soon after, I, I listened to an intro course while I ran. It was about 45 minutes long. It wasn't even intended to be a running meditation, but I loved it. And I could feel every breath while I ran. I could feel every footfall. I could feel my muscles tightening. I actually took in the sights and the sounds around me. And now there are meditations designed specifically for running or for working out. And it helps you practice that skill of bringing your focus back to your body, back to what matters, back to the environment around you, all of those sensations. And really for me, it's back to those original goals I've laid out. So when I think about whether I'm distracted when I'm running, when I'm out on the trail. Really for me, it comes down to bringing some mindfulness to my running. Can I get back to the reason why I started running in the first place and actually experience the world around me and my own body while I'm running?
0: Now, I'll put a link in the show notes over at getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com to everything that Bob has been talking about. And you'll also be able to find a podcast and a blog post that I've done about mindfulness in sport. Now, before we wrap up with Dr. Bob Schaefer here, I wanted to pick his brain about practice. I mean, to really excel at a sport or any activity for that matter. Do you really simply need to put in those 10,000 hours of practice or is there something more to it than that?
1: I love this debate. Is it the 10,000 hours or is it the sports gene? So Malcolm Gladwell popularized this idea that you can achieve mastery in any task by practicing it for 10,000 hours. And then David Epstein, who wrote the sports gene, you know, he takes a different view And it's that your own personal biology makes a really big difference when it comes to how you can and should train to become a master so for a moment let's say they both have a good point so epstein is right that your body's makeup might make a big difference in how much training you need and it can also lead to some people achieving mastery with a lot less training than other people but gladwell is right that most people at the top They've logged thousands of hours of training, so you've got to put in those hours. For me, what matters most is one step before the training. It's about the mindset. So it's what made those people care to grind and to push and to hurt and still come back the next day for more. There's a researcher who I'm a big fan of named Carol Dweck, who talks about the concept of growth mindset. So this idea that you're not born with fixed traits and talents, but you can learn, you can change and grow. And she even found that kids in school actually improve more when they believe that change is possible. She says that this growth mindset means that you learn to love the challenges and you're intrigued by mistakes rather than disappointed and you enjoy effort and you actually want to learn how to learn. And I believe that this idea of growth that you, that you have the power to grow is a critical push to keep you motivated to log all those hours and endure all that pain during your training. So yeah, I think that the 10,000 hours is important, but I think even more important than that is the mindset that wants to take it on in the first place.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. If you don't really want the outcome, it's pretty hard to push yourself to get to the gym or get on the bike or hit the trail or whatever it happens to be. That is great advice. And you can find out more about Dr. Bob Schaefer over at lumosity.com. You know, habits, focus, and repetition are really just scratching the surface of how our brains can play an important role in optimizing our fitness levels. But I think it's a great place to start. I, for one, am going to start anchoring my desire to squat better in triggers around my house. I'm also going to do more of my workouts without distracting myself by listening to a podcast. And I'm going to do a much deeper dive into this idea of the growth mindset. And of course, I'm going to continue playing my brain games. Get Fit Guy is written, narrated, and produced by me, Brock Armstrong, with some heavy lifting and editorial support from Beata Santora. Our sprinting social community manager is Morgan Ratner, and our endurance advertising manager is Michelle Margulis, and our head coach at Macmillan Audio is Kathy Doyle. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. It really helps out. And you can also join me at Facebook and Twitter. I'm at GetFitGuy, and you can find my own website at BrockArmstrong.com. Now, What are you waiting for? Get out there and use that brain to help you stay fit.